0: As the only solution to stage 4 cancer treatments. In the literature of Big Pharma itself, in both the United States and Australia, five-year chemotherapy results for stage 4 adult cancers yields a disheartening 2.1% to 2.3% survival rate. Nothing more needs be said. Dr. Forsyth and I think alike on these matters. And I would wholeheartedly recommend reading this expose. Dr. Burton Goldberg, author of Alternative Medicine, The Definitive Guide, Second Edition. Why I Abandoned Conventional Oncology. At least once in every cancer specialist's career, a near death patient appears who inexplicably undergoes a profound healing transformation, resulting in the attending physician becoming haunted by the mystery of what happened and why. For me, that first special patient was a middle-aged woman I had been treating for metastatic melanoma to the liver in the early 1980s. Christine, name changed, had melanoma, that had metastasized into several tumors on her liver. She was undergoing conventional chemotherapy when something strange happened. While putting on her boots one day, she was bitten on the leg by a brown recluse spider. Her leg swelled up tremendously, and she had to go to the hospital for treatment. About three weeks after this spider bite, we performed an ultrasound on her, and discovered something that shocked the entire medical team. The liver tumors were gone. It seemed as though the spider venom had jump-started Christine's immune systems and vanquished the cancer. It was the only new agent introduced into her body. Oncologists usually dismiss any anecdotes about miraculous remissions and cancer cures even though most of them have encountered cases of remission they can't explain. Not only do conventionally trained cancer specialists not want to hear about cases such as Christine's, they are hostile toward any physician, like me, who takes an interest in these anecdotes. Christine's remarkable recovery intrigued me. Her experience seemed to indicate that the human immune system can be provoked into successfully treating cancer, even serious cases of the disease like Christine's. I began to consider whether this could be done more readily using other substances without resorting to something as strong and as unpredictable as spider venom. All of my oncology colleagues in the 80s had a conventional outlook toward cancer treatment, their approach was always to use full dose chemotherapy and never deviate from accepted protocols. We knew that chemo was killing good cells, but we just hoped it was killing enough bad cells too. There were fewer than 20 drugs being used in those early days of oncology, and they had devastating side effects. All of the patients became horribly sick from the treatment and most of them relapsed within a few years. When I entered the field of oncology medicine in the early 1970s at the University of California at San Francisco, it was a relatively new subspecialty of internal medicine. President Richard Nixon had declared the federal war on cancer, and there was a lot of hope that with this huge influx of funding for cancer research, we might soon find a cure, Or, at the very least, developed some treatments that extended the lifespans of cancer patients. My entry into the cancer field occurred the first year that the boards were offered for this certification, and I joined a class of what later turned out to contain the rock stars of oncology. Included in this group were Sidney Salmon, MD, David Gold, MD, Mick Haskell, MD, and David Albers, MD. All of these physicians would head up programs at various universities across the country and become extremely important figures in the field of cancer treatment. It was during my training.